Hello and welcome to another fun-filled nonsense retrospective. I'm your host as always, Rick. Joining me equally as always is Devon. Hello. Hey up. <laughs> yeah, today we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses in, you know, preemptive commemoration of the... Well, it's preemptive it? for us Engage? while we're recording, but uh, literally on the day this comes out is the release day for, you're correct, Engage. Yeah, and I've already had a minor spoiler from Fire Emblem Heroes about one of the main characters in that. Oh, well. <laughs> what, just in what their character is called, or what, as in a plot twist? Um, Something that they shout when they're doing their specials. Engage! Uh, not quite. Uh, it's It might be something that was in one of the trailers. I have forgotten. However, I am keenly aware of what they now call themselves. Oh, I don't know Other what, than their name. I don't know what they call themselves specifically, but I do know that the mechanic... Well, they're called emblems. Yes. Like that's That's been posted in all the, uh, the pre-talk. That's not even a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Um, they look at the other uh, characters and go, Oh, yeah, you look like the emblems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's another thing that they do. When they're in battle... And they shout something for their uh, for their special attack. They go, "I am the blah 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 blah," and I'm not going to say the thing because that's the spoiler. I am the awakening emblem. That sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, it could be like that. Well, I, I'm just guessing. I don't know if that's correct or not, but I, by your tone, I'm going to assume I'm off the mark. Yeah, it's, it's something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, um, before we get too far into Fire Emblem talk, let's start with our good old time-honored tradition of the nonsense asinine hypotheticals. And do you have one for me today? I do. Congratulations, Rick. You're now the creator director of Fire Emblem. What does this mean? Well, the next Fire Emblem game, you get to come up with a brand new mechanic that's not been in a Fire Emblem game before. So that means no time travel, no summoning people from other games, because we know that's going to be a thing in the next game. What do you add, and how do you add um, it? Um, I think I'd add a a proper Empire Management subsection. That would be so fun, but I don't know. Oh, I think you'd split the audience on that one. I'd like well, it. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be just like another background thing. You know, like how um, you got your social links in, in Three Houses. Mm. Um, it'd be just be not just another background thing. As time goes on, as the game progresses, you make your decisions that shape the way that the territory that you're controlling uh, or in stewardship of or whatever um, progresses, and that will give you different uh, different bonuses and unlock different missions. It shouldn't actually make that much of a difference now that I think about it, because no normally there'll be some kind of optimal route. Well, that's um, just it. You, you saying it being a background element, my instant brain was like, no, I thought what you meant by empire management is you manage resources, you manage units you're basically turning it into a proper fucking war strategy game as opposed to isolated conflicts. I mean to a degree yes, like if you're in charge of the resources, then that just does like Anna's job for her, for her pretty much. But it's like uh, I, I also thought, um, you know basically like, you know when you get the map of the fucking region every bloody uh, chapter. Yeah, and you just get sent somewhere based on the plot. Yeah, except in this case because you're managing everything, you you dictate yeah. where you go and why. Yes, yes, that's what I'm thinking. But obviously, there's got there, there, there's obviously got it's Fire Emblem. It's got to be linear to a certain extent, which is why it might be a bit difficult to implement. But at the same time, I can imagine it being like, okay, you're you're up against another kingdom, and the way they shoehorn you into always fighting a certain kingdom is, oh, you've got a non-aggressive pact with these guys. You're allied with these guys, so you've got multiple choice of battles, but that battle's always against the same person. Yeah, your your non-aggression pact is against something that you're allied with. Um, there might be some missions that pit you against them because someone's betrayed you, but that's something that you resolve. Um, and then, yeah, you're you're normally against your actual foe, which, if it's anything like Three Hopes, 
could be well it's not so much dynamic but it's literally based on who you are and uh, how the story's progressing so like at certain points you uh, beat someone into submission so hard that they decide ah fuck it we're allying now <laughs> uh, but yeah I'd, uh, I'd I'd put the empire management into it um, and it could be kingdom management it could be alliance management I only picked empire because that's the one with the biggest iron fist it's also the go to uh, term like if we go by Koei it's always empire management because you're usually playing in fucking China or Japan, yeah. where they have yeah. an emperor. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, my one for you is that I've made no secret, I've been recently laid down a rabbit hole of Thomas the Tank Engine lore videos. Why? <laughs> What childhood memory would you absolutely slap on in the background to hear someone pontificate over for hours and hours? Rick, here's the really depressing thing is I don't really have childhood memories that are good, um, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I feel you. I don't. My, I never internalised the good bits because the bad bits were bad. Mm. Uh, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking edgelord, it's just a fact. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I remember one time um, I got shaken awake while eating dinner by my dad because my sister told my dad that I was dead because I'd fallen asleep while eating dinner dinner and watching bananas in pyjamas. That's not something I'd uh, want to talk about for hours, but it's one of the few memories that is kind of funny in hindsight, but at the time was weird. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know what you want me to say, Rick. This is a this is a question that's not really good for me. No, I mean less about your own childhood memories and more about things that were fun in childhood, like, I don't know, Power Rangers that you'd listen to lore videos for hours on. But I don't, because I'm not like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things I, I listen to lore videos and watch are stuff that I'm interested in now. Yep. I don't give yep, a fuck about enough. the deep lore of Thomas the fucking tank engine. Neither did I, but it went on, and it went on autoplay, and apparently I slept through most of it, so now my uh, my recommendation is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yep. I've gone off it for you, man. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Question failed. <laughs> we'll get him next time. Alright, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses, and a little bit of a dip into Three Hopes at the end. So, Well, you say a little bit of a dip, that's just going to be you monologuing, because I can't contribute. Yep. I'm also going to be relying on you for the routes that I didn't play. <laughs> All of them. But I do remember, I know enough about some of them that I can say things. Um, just, you know. Uh, so we'll start with the one that I did play, the Black Eagles. Uh, well, you, you start as Byleth, and you remain as Byleth. You are rescued from an instant kill by a, uh, a girl on the throne, Sothis, who gives you the ability to freeze and rewind time. Yeah, she gives you the world of. Yep. Uh, this is a limited ability that can be used in combat as much as you like within the limits of how, however many charges you have. I'll give you a spoiler. Uh, on normal or lower difficulty, this mechanic is not needed. Nope, nope. Except nope. for and the Ashen Wolves DLC, because the Ashen Wolves DLC is bullshit no matter what difficulty you put it on. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a, a backspace undo button for if you're playing essentially a Nuzlocke, which is uh, the, the traditional mode for Fire Emblem. Um, so you get to meet the original three lords, which is Edelgard, Dimitri, and and Claude when they're on the way to Ramaya village which is somewhere that Edelgard is sending them to get them all killed. Do we want to talk about um, how they just decide to add an extra eye to Dimitri? Oh yeah. Because um. <laughs> it really bugs me how whenever I used to google shit it was just like Dimitri and it's like you spelt that incorrectly. I'm like Am I, have I fuck? Yeah so the um, the English version of the name has an eye um, and then later on there's a gag if you remove the first eye then it's the same as the character because he also loses an eye. Okay, I get that, but still, Dimitri with an with an I after the D is incorrect. Yeah, it's not how you spell that fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I guess what they're trying to do is um, make most of the people from that country kind of Welsh. No, that's not how the Welsh language works. If anything, it should definitely not have an I in it if it's Welsh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Dimitri is kind of like an outlier in that, um, like, he's got the, the bladed name, which obviously is pronounced differently in Welsh, but I'm not Welsh, so I can't do it. Well, let's, let's, let's go with this Welsh analogy. How the fuck are any of the other names Welsh? Ingrid, uh, maybe. Yeah. Sylvain, Mercedes, Annette, Ash. Can't do to do, eh, because he's not even fucking from the Fargus place. Felix. These aren't Welsh names. I don't get the analogy you're trying to make, bud. Yeah, fair enough. Why am I being so passionate about this, may the, may the listeners ask. I'm half Welsh. I kind of know what, what what's what. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just thinking about it because of House Bladed. House Bladed? Um, yeah, it's um, Dimitri's royal house. It's not pronounced that way, though. What, Blythed or something? But in-game, they never say it like that. It's... Oh, it's it's not Welsh. I don't know what you're on about. Okay, okay. His name's um, Dimitri. If anything, it's Eastern European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you get the opportunity to fight with the three lords all together, and that's the only time that they're in the same party together ever. Uh, <laughs> Ashen Wolves DLC. Oh, do they actually fight together in Ashen Wolves? Okay, I've not played that. I think they do. Oh, it's been a minute. Actually, they might not. I f- you definitely got Edelgard. I'm pretty sure you have Dimitri and Claude as well. But okay, I, you get two characters from each house, and I'm pretty sure that includes the main three because the ho- the main three are the reason you fucking stumble fucking to the darkness in the first place. Yeah, is it the uh, the three lords and their lieutenants? It's not their lieutenants because we, I know that for a fact because you don't have uh, Dark Crow Man. What's his name? Hubert. Hubert, yeah. You don't okay. have Hubert. I think you have Hilda but you don't have the Douay either. Okay, you definitely got Hilda because she's all buddy-buddy with um, with Baltus. Like, she grew up with him and um, and her brother Holst. Yeah, that so sounds that's why, right. That's, yeah. why Hil- that's why Hilda's involved. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, very quickly, Rick, obviously you ended up going for Edelgard your first time through. I just wanted to say uh, when I first picked my initial lord, I was like, I'm going to pick Edelgard Edelgard? Oh, god damn. I'm getting fan art in my head. Um, <laughs> Potato Edelgard. <laughs> you could, I can see a picture of a gourd dressed up like Edelgard, because that seems like a dumb joke the community would make. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was going to do Edelgard because, oh, she's cute. And then yeah. we got dialogue with each character, and I was like, all right, Claude, you seem like a good, a cool guy. I'm going to I'm gonna side with you for this first playthrough. Yeah. Uh, Claude was the guy I sided with first in Three Hopes, uh, and I've, I've definitely spent more time on that game than I have in three houses. I heard rumblings that they make Claude a proper fucking antagonist in that game. Yes. Um, the reason is because the time skip is shorter, so he's had less time to figure out the actual mysteries of the world. He goes with what he knows, which is the world is shit and it's Edelgard's fault. But also, he can't stand against her because she's strong, so he ends up allying with her. Okay, but he allies with her in the main game as well. Does he? Well, it's not quite str- quite an alliance so much as he. they try and make him to, out to be rather politically sad. Savvy. And yeah. because the Leicester Alliance is the weakest of the three kingdoms, he mm-hmm. literally just plays both sides in that, I'm not going to attack the kingdom, I'm not going to attack the alliance, this is really difficult. He juggles both sides so that he yes. never loses territory because he's never actually fighting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he doesn't yeah, so... start attacking people until Byleth comes back. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> in Three Hopes, he legitimately allies with the with the Empire to attack the alliance. The... Not the alliance, to attack the kingdom. Okay, I was very confused for a second. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, weird. Attack the kingdom. He uh, reforms the alliance into the Federation, puts himself as the king. The Federation. That's not a fucking evil as fuck 
nickname. The Leicester Federation. Like, normally federations tend to be pretty cool, you know, like the Federation in Star Trek. The, okay, uh, maybe the, I've the, got a sample size of one. The Trade Federation in Star Wars. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so we've got one example of good and one example of bad, which is still a very small sample size, but, you know, I'm just saying, my brain goes Star Wars, Federation, evil, blockades. <laughs> and the reason, well, part of the reason the film was boring because of, like, all the t- time talking about frickin' territorial taxation disputes. As an adult, <sighs> it's actually legitimately interesting. As a child, I was like, I want to see lightsaber fights, can you fuck off? Yep, yep. If it was a TV show, it would have worked better. Yeah, yeah. Lightsabers and spaceships, please. <laughs> I didn't even like the spaceship bit. Oh, yeah, it wasn't as good as the old old spaceships. Them Naboo um, fighters, man. Ugh, disgusting designs. Yeah, they're not cool. And they tried to make it cool by giving one to Mando, and it's still not cool. It's just OP. I, I did enjoy seeing Mando fly one, and I was like, that's a nice callback, but it's so... They're just doing it because they needed a... They're selling toys. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's the same old thing, yeah, they, yeah. the reason they do everything. It's like they're trying to sell a fucking toy. The moment we saw it in the show, you knew that he was going to pick it up because it has a little dome where the R2 unit goes that Greg Yoda's going to go into. Greg Yoda? Yeah, Grogu, the child. I know what you're on about. I'm, I'm sandbagging because that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Yoda. Uh, so, yeah, the... <laughs> Um, you save all three lords and then get the chance to choose your um, choose your house. And they all have eight people in them. Uh, so I went with the Black Eagles. They have Hubert, who's the number two, and he's very definitely like a, a young Professor Snape kind of guy. Um, there's Petra, who's Starfire. She talks um, like Starfire. That's not even a joke. She, yeah, she does. <laughs> or rather, she the does. <laughs> um, Linhart always falls asleep, and he's, I think, the only bisexual option in the entire game for, uh, for a male character. Is he bisexual? I thought he was just gay. Uh, no, you can uh, you can date him as a female. In fact, you can you can pair him up with multiple females as well. Yeah, fair enough. He's he's very low maintenance. Yep. <laughs> Dorothea is best girl. She's <laughs> the <laughs> she's uh, a songstress and the only member of the Black Eagles who's not a noble. Yeah, uh, man, that distinction is very. It really doesn't mean much. Uh, basically, no. Uh, except as not a noble, you've got zero chance of having a of having a crest. I I understand that, but I'm just saying as part of as far as gameplay goes it really doesn't make a difference oh yeah she's got the same stats as everyone else Caspar <laughs> um, is the fighty guy he's probably the least interesting of all the Black Eagles I think I say you'd say he's least interesting but he's very much little man syndrome incarnate oh yeah 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 and he stays short even when he grows up because he, he doesn't grow up that high <laughs> and yet they put him in that big stupid armour as his cannon class yeah <laughs> um, interesting to know I do think that the most um, cannon route as far as romance goes is um, Linhart and Caspar. It words it as um, as them going off on an adventure, but it's like put adventure in quotation marks. Yeah, uh, apparently their fathers were the same way. That's kind of sad. Uh, they, um, you get to see a little bit in Three Hopes as well. You get to you don't play as them, but you get them on maps, and they're always sniping at each other, but actually really good friends. Okay, but I'm not implying friendship, Rick. And then yeah, they uh, they went off to have um, wives. But I'm just um, I'm just saying like if that's the case and that their dads were really close in that sense, and then went well fuck it, duty says that we must marry and have wives. That's depressing. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the other um, character plus character. Um, pairing is Dorothea and Petra. They uh, they explicitly say that um, they became the most important people in the world to each other, which is about as explicit as you can get without saying they had lots of sex and no babies. That's a very Japanese as fuck way of putting it. Yeah. Um, weirdly, Petra cannot go with any other female other than Dorothea because apparently Dorothea is just her type. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I believe she can get an S-link with Edelgard, but I don't believe they, uh, they're they romantic partners. Dorothea can, but Petra can't. Which is weird, because Petra's got another S-link with a character from a different house. No, I mean, she's got not a social... Petra. Yeah. Not Petra. Edelgard. Ignore me. Yeah, yeah. Edelgard can uh, S-link with you, and that's... She can S-link with Lysifia as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's from Golden Deer, so uh, unless okay. you actively recruit Lysifia, you can't do it. Uh, that being, I, know, I that, know a lot of people can get to A. That being said, uh, you kind of pick up Lysifia in the Empire's route anyway, unless you're a dick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, when you get to the war phase, a lot of people just d- beg for their lives because they don't want to die, and Lysithia is one of them. It's not even a lot of people, it's like two people. Lys- yeah. And Lysithia literally goes, I don't want to die, please, and you have the option of saying, don't care, and I'm like, who picks this option? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, last two from the Black Eagles. Ferdinand. Ferdinand von Eyer. He's got a massive chip on his shoulder, but other than that, he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, I don't like his character tropes. He feels a lot better in Three Hopes. That doesn't mean not... fuck all to me though, Rick. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not just defined solely by Edelgard. Um, so, it's, um, like I say, it, it, get, it gets better. He's more of his own character in Three Hopes, partially because he's had to arrest his father a lot earlier on in the story, so he strikes out on his own in terms of defining his own uh, personality. And the last one is Bernadetta, who is basically Pickle Pea. She's really cute. <laughs> She's not basically Pickle Pea. What are you on about? She She's got the same hairstyle as um, humanoid Pickle Pea. She's got really fluffy hair, and she's a complete shut-in. Okay, but here's the thing. As you say Pickle Pea, a character we never canonically see, so my oh, brain yeah, yeah, my yeah. brain goes, oh, like Pickle Pea, so what, a klepto? <laughs> well, also someone who uh, doesn't like to show herself. If she had her own way, she'd never leave her room, but she has to leave her room because Cake is outside. I can't remember who it is. I think it might be Ingrid, who straight up fucking knocks her door down during a, during a conversation. Yeah, and she's like, reduced to a, a gibbering wreck. <laughs> oh, poor lass. Um, she does her best to grow out of it. I mean, she does um, more or less grow out of it in the time skip because she ain't got a choice. But yep, that's also yep. partially helped by the fact that Edelgard super arrests her dad. Yes. <laughs> Which is the cause of, not the solution of, but literally just the cause of all of Bernadetta's problems in life. Including thinking that she accidentally got Yuri killed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, here's the thing with Yuri. He legitimately was hired to kill her. Um, but he kind of had a change of heart and just became a friend. And yet her dad was like, nah, I'm going to beat this kid to death. But he only beat him only mostly to death. And uh, Bernie thinks that he did die. I don't remember him being legitimately sent to kill her. Apparently it's uh, like a throwaway line in one of his social links or something. In which case. It could literally just be Yuri chatting shit because that's kind of what that character does. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I, I like Yuri, but he chats mad shit. Yep, yep, yep. There is a um, a point in the Black Eagle story where you can choose to continue the Black Eagle story or abandon Edelgard, and uh, that puts you on the church route. Yeah, and the church route gets you... You're basically... Your commander is now uh, Seteth. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even get to play as Rhea, do you? You just kind of can still social link her, can't you? You can social link her in all of them except uh, Black Eagle. Yeah, and um, if you S-rank her in the church route, then she survives at the end, apparently. She does. I could have sworn she survived um, Leicester Alliance as well. Uh, apparently, when she goes berserk and needs to be killed, you need to kill her. I don't remember fighting her in that route. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong, but unlike most of our friend group, I played this game when it fucking came out, which was about three years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to throw shade at those people who may or may not be listening, they're probably not, but, like, when people bring up stuff about Fire... I've forgotten more about this game than they've ever known. Uh- <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> so yeah, the uh, the Address to the Empire one is uh, Crimson Flower, Scarlet Blaze in Three Hopes, and it gives way to uh, Silver Snow if you side with the church. Yeah, if you side with the church, you don't get any unique characters, but you do get to keep Setef and Flame. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and, and, and Catherine, because Catherine doesn't, won't side with the Black Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Catherine, otherwise known as Cassandra. Uh, the Thunder thing. Yeah. Thunderblade Catherine. There you go. Uh, mate, okay, we had this really funny uh, situation where uh, Golden Deeru, I, I bumped into you Leonie and I was like, you're a tomboy, muscular, fuck off person. I like you. You're probably going to end up being paired with Byleth. And then about two chapters later, Catherine appeared and I was like, no one's trumped this so far. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the Toy Story meme of, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> Bye, Woody. That's a real disturbing <laughs> way of putting it. But uh, <laughs> like, it's, for real, Catherine is, is the archetype for characters that I'm like, yep, if that is a romance option, that is the option I will take. Yeah. She's got a, she's got a very good smile as well. Um, and it's it always warms my heart to see her happy. <laughs> that being um, said, if uh, if Judith was playable and uh, and S-linkable, she would have totally been up there as well. Yeah, fair enough. Judith is one of the um, linchpin characters in Three Hopes. Uh, there are three characters in Three Hopes that die if you do the wrong thing. Judith is one of them. Uh, Felix's dad is another. Um, I forget his name. Yeah, well, he dies in fucking, you know... Rodrigue. He, does, he dies all the time in Three Kingdoms. Three Kingdoms? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, three Houses. <laughs> Yeah, Rodrigue. So if you do the right thing, he survives. And what cements um, the Blue Lions as potentially the canon route is that he is the only one of the three that die that you know is playable, and you keep him as a playable character if you if you keep him alive. Okay. Um, and the other one is Caspar's um, cousin, what? Jeff Burgley's, whatever his name is. Doesn't he? D- mm, okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's um, is it Randolph? Yes, yeah, Randolph Burgley's. Yeah, I don't think they appear in Free Houses. Fair enough. But, well, Hilda's brother doesn't even appear, you know? Like, he's he's mentioned a lot, but he never actually shows up in Free Houses. Yeah, there's, like, one mission where you go and uh, you go to his to his aid. Yeah, he's got, like, the ships, there... so he can't command yeah. the battle. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so Hilda's like, oh, I guess I've got to then. He's eating some dodgy mushrooms. The worst part about that is that when I got sent to do that, it was after you have to kill Hilda. So, then how did you have uh, the yeah. fucking story? How did you have the mission? Uh, it's just a normal mission that you just get as a, a side mission. It's a, okay, it's different when it's Hilda's friend mission because everyone gets a friend mission yes uh, Hilda's yes, friend yes. mission is the dude it's still the dude's got the I think the dude's actually injured uh, in Hilda's one I might be okay. uh, conflating the two he's not just had some dodgy mushrooms yeah but it is funnier <laughs> to think that this this general's got the shit so he can't defend the eastern border yeah he's he's playable in three hopes and he is I think on that route he's the first pre-promoted guy that you get so he's like he's already a sword master when you get him um, and he comes with an anti-air katana so he's basically a sword guy who is also a bow fair enough pretty good Fair enough. Pretty I good. would have assumed he had a big fuck off axe. Uh, he's got a katana because uh, swords are good against axes. Uh, it's good against flying because, you know, also the um, the Almirans, their main unit is axe-wielding wyvern riders. I, so he's basically perfectly set up to beat them. I understand that. I'm just saying Hilda gets the axe proficiency, so you'd assume her brother would also be a badass of an axe. Fair enough. But Hilda's also got the axe. Uh, she's got the crest, so she gets to keep the axe. Okay. Uh, whereas he doesn't have a crest, so 
he can do what he likes. I still would have assumed that he, he kept the axe. Also, didn't they get rid of the rope and triangle in this game? Yes, but no, but yes. Oh, fuck um, off. Like, yeah, okay. I know you you get those abilities once you get, like, S, S ranking that it's like, oh, you do plus 20 against people wielding swords and shit, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so here's the thing. They, they got rid of the triangle as a basic thing, but everybody learns skills that basically reinstate the triangle. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, Golden Deer. Uh, you've got Claude. He is a Almiron prince. Yeah, he's meant to be um, he's meant to be the strategic scheming tactician of the three leaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's meant to be some kind of dig at foreigners, because uh, uh, it sure as fuck feels like it when you look at it from the this is a Japanese as fuck game. Yeah, it's um, it's an it's got unfortunate implications mm. that they're uh, they make the foreigner be the um, the schemiest one who will do whatever he can to both. Comp- Retain his power and protect his guys. Protecting your guys is very noble. Retaining your power is, you know, is by the by for a ruler, you know? Uh, that being said, I do think he has the most unique out of the three special lord classes. Oh, definitely. The fact that he's a mounted bow user that's not just on a horse. Yeah, he's got he's, he's got his wyvern, he's got a bow. What do they call it? Barbarossa? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting and fun and unique. And he gets a white wyvern. Yeah, and no one else gets anything quite as unique as that, because what, Dimitri is just an on-foot spear guy. Edelgard is an on-foot armor guy. Like you have those. They they are just fancy. <laughs> they are just fancier versions of classes that already exist. Whereas this is, I wouldn't say it's entirely unique because we did have the ah oh, piss uh, like Kenshi Knight from uh, Fire Emblem If. Oh yeah, well you could ride a turkey if you're on Hoshido's side. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was the same thing. It was a flying archer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it wasn't a turkey. It was like uh, remember the Neverending like, Story. Yeah, it's like a like a like a big old like goose dragon. Like a bit like Falcor. Yeah. Um, we got Hilda. She is ridiculously bullshit strong and ridiculously bullshit lazy. <laughs> All of her social links include her basically trying to trick people into doing her work for her. Mm. And most of the time they work, not because she's clever, but because people just can't be asked to fight it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, however, in Three Hopes, she's actually really good at pulling her own weight because she knows when the person that she's trying to foist things off onto is not good at it, and it's just going to be bad for the army if she doesn't do it. I've just remembered as well. There's a there's a very important detail to 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 note, and that is if you're playing on classic mode where people die when they are killed. Um, That's the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, I I don't like playing in that mode because it just means that I spend 500 hours on each map because I don't want to lose anyone. But um, yeah. I, if you even if you do lose someone then you've lost all the time that you spent social linking them because you can't complete that social link now there's that as well but it's very important that the advisor characters so Hilda Hubert and Dadu they um I guess it's not always Dadu it might also double up as Felix I'm not sure how that route works because it's weird because technically speaking you can lose Dadu really early um yeah yeah but yeah uh, if one of those characters dies in battle they don't actually die die they are crippled so they can no longer be deployed in the battle but they still show up in cutscenes that goes right the way back to Frederick as well oh fair enough then yeah um Frederick and and Lissa don't die; they just retreat. Um, but they uh, they become kind of career-endingly wounded. Yeah. Uh, obviously, your commander Claude and Byleth can't be killed because if they killed, it's game over. So that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not even an option to cripple them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after Hilda, we got Raphael. By far, he one is... of my favorite characters. He is the epitome of a flat character arc. Uh, he doesn't have a character arc. He starts as a big strong guy that likes to eat and fight and loves his sister, and he ends the game as a big strong guy who likes to fight, eat, and loves his sister. 
Master. Okay, the reason why I like this character is he's like Xu Xu from uh, well, Dynasty Warriors, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, etc. Who's just a big fuck off hench bodyguard who cares about looking after his friends and eating. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, one of his quotes is, um, the only time he gets really mad is, uh, I can't believe you, Claude, by putting the Alliance in danger, you put Maya in danger. Oh, that's, uh, that's rather telling. Yeah. But yeah, I <laughs> also think he's one of the few base characters who starts as just fists. So yes. I was super interested because I'd never seen fists in Fire Emblem before. Yeah, and they turned out to be pretty good if he got a lot of strength, which he does. Yeah, <laughs> Raphael and Balthus, I think, are the only two that specialise in it out the gate. Yeah, doesn't Caspar also specialise in it? Okay, but why would you not give him an axe considering his route? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we got Leone, who's one of the most frustrating characters in the game. They really um, fucked up. They yeah. they legitimately <laughs> fucked up with her um, her social link, and I, I, we're definitely not the first ones to note this or talk about it, because I'm pretty sure there was a bunch of articles about it when the game came out, where mm. just after Byleth loses Geralt, it unlocks the, if you've got enough S points, to do one of the, the next social link for her, which is her complaining that, oh, you didn't appreciate him while he was here, fuck you. Yeah, it's the worst possible timing, and it's it's not fun. <laughs> it, it's not, um, it makes no sense, because I know, alright, chances are she is a teenager when that unlocks, in fact I don't know if that can even unlock after the time skip if you didn't already unlock it, but it's still like, we all know Byleth doesn't show emotion, it's a character trait, but the character trait is there to um, compensate for the fact that it's played by the player, Yes, but it's like, they make a point of he doesn't show emotion, Yeah, and the only um, mistakes this is him not caring. Or Apparently, her. in um, her ending with Aloise, she takes over the Knights of Ser- not uh, not the Knights of Seros. She takes over Geralt's mercenaries. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah. Which is kind. Of, it's it's very on brand. It's exactly what she wanted to do right from the get go. She always wanted to be a mercenary. By the time she's an officer, she's already a mercenary. Um, Man, I do. She's, frust- yeah. she's frustrating, but she's kind of cool. Listen, I've actually got as a character overall, it's fine. It's just that one moment is so poorly placed because you can't progress her S link with Byleth past. Uh, past that rank until after Gerald passes away which means chances yeah. are the moment that cutscene happens you've immediately got the next cutscene with Leone and it's like we j- no it's fucking stupid this is this is not going to endear her to anyone yeah yeah um, we've got Ignatz who I think is possibly the most forgettable of the characters he's an artist that's that's all I got he's also an archer yeah. when Claude's in the fucking group yep yeah. in Three Hopes he becomes a knight for um, what's his face for Lawrence okay like Lawrence actually, actually employs him so he's he's got his full-on armour all the time, and it looks a bit dumb. That, uh, that kind of makes sense, though, because when you invade the Leicester Alliance as uh, the Empire, the yeah. two characters that uh, deploy on the board straight away are Ignatz and Lawrence. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the one thing I do know is if you pair him with Lysithia, um, the the ending that Lysithia gets is that um, Ignatz painted her, and that was her legacy. She died young, and all that anyone had to remember her by was the painting that Ignatz did. Which sucks, because almost every other character you pair her with fucking fights like a madman and finds a way to stop that from happening. Even Hanneman. Like, she becomes his apprentice and that's really sweet. And um, she, like, takes up crestology and figures out how to, like, between them, they figure out how to um, remove one of her crests, which is all they need. Or both of them, if they're uh, if they're good at it. But he- and uh, let her live a long life. Well, seeing as we're on the topic of Hanneman, I know he's not part of the Golden Deer, but I, I do want to bear uh, say one thing with him and Edelgard. I absolutely love the conversation that him and Edelgard have, because Edelgard 
Edelgard is giving him shit for trying to give everyone crests. And then they, uh, Hanneman with the big reveal that if everyone crests has, has crests, then it no longer matters. And they find out that despite the fact their end goals are on the opposite ends of the spectrum, they're doing it for the same reason, and that is getting rid of this barrier. Yes, yes, yes. Um, except we, yeah, we find out that crests are basically um, inherited from, like, what is it, the 12 elites or the 10 elites or whatever? Um, so you can trace most of those to a bloodline. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's very rare that you have a moment of clarity between two people with opposite goals, but with the, but it's not opposite goals. It's the same. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's also why like people on complete opposite ends of the spectrum in real life end up having more in common with each other than anyone who's more moderate. It's also one of those of um, big picture because yeah. some people don't look at big picture; they look at immediate goals, and that's fine. It's not the end of the you know. There's nothing wrong with tackling problems like that. But if you tackle a problem with okay, we sort this out first. Oh, now I've created four different problems because I didn't think about it. Yep. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just another example of how these people are strategically minded. Um, Edelgard trying to get rid of the basically the class system because a big barrier is the crest. Like, oh, we're better than you. We're Aryan blood. Um, not even joking. That's more or less what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Koei worked on this game as well as the regular team. Yes. Uh, as we know, Koei does the Warrior series, which means Dynasty Warriors. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Three kingdoms, three houses. Edelgard yeah, so, is almost um, definitely meant to be Tsao Tsao. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I remember when I first got this game's name wrong when it was announced, and uh, I got you all excited because I said, "Oh, it's uh, Fire Emblem Three Kingdoms." <laughs> Man, it's really weird, isn't it? Because a bit, a bit of a backstory here. Um, the only reason I picked up Three Kingdoms, Three, oh, you got me doing it now. Uh, three houses is because of another comparison, and that was our buddy Matt uh, said he played it for about ten minutes, and it it feels like Persona. And I went, "Okay, cool," and then I bought it five minutes later because I wasn't going to bother with this installment of Fire Emblem because I was a bit tired of it because Fates really left a bad taste in my mouth. Yep. <laughs> I think I benefited by skipping Fates in that regard. You, d- you did. <laughs> Fates wasn't a bad game. It was just poorly executed. And like we said, the, the one biggest criticism was that it was three games, what, one game for the price of three, and they learned. Sure did, sure did. Uh, they Well, also the baby shit made no sense, but they got rid of that in this game. You can... S- yeah. They left in the waifu S-Link shit, but that just changed your epilogue as opposed to giving you fucking time travel babies. Yeah, the waifu S-Link is just for you, so you're not depriving the... U- depriving yourself of a child just by going with Edelgard or uh, Dorothea or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got Lysithia. She is a... She's the youngest at the Officers Academy. She's got a chip on her shoulder about it. She's about eight days younger than Petra, and Petra doesn't care. <laughs> Very quickly, you know earlier on you said um, uh, Linhart was the only bisexual male character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuri is also bisexual. Oh, yes, yes. But um, he's also was, DLC, I was... so I don't know if you want to count him. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's DLC. Uh, Yuri also wears lipstick all the time which is fun does he yeah i think so i never really noticed but i gotta be honest with you how much how often do you look at people's lips i mean when you got a face to look at and the only thing that's animated is the mouth then yeah you look at the lips <laughs> um yeah lysithia she likes sweets she doesn't like being seen as a child <laughs> she likes sweets but whenever people give her sweets she's like i'm not a child and as she's scoffing the sweets yeah <laughs> they're gone by the time you get to <laughs> get to argue back yeah. um she's very easy to recruit um you just have to uh have enough knowledge and then she's like okay cool uh you look like a good person to pal up with because i can see um me living with you but she doesn't say that yeah, um yeah. and also if you're in, if you haven't recruited her like you said on black eagles you can get into combat with her and then choose not to get into combat with her and just immediately
immediately recruit her. Which gave me a false sense of hope because I thought I'd be I thought I'd be able to do the same thing with Hilda, but no. Yeah, no. Uh, Hilda does not want to join the Black Eagles. Uh, we got Marianne. She's got the uh, the crest of the beast. Yeah. Um, it's uh, kind of an unknown crest, and she doesn't like the fact that it exists, and she would rather it not. She's um, really religious, and she can talk to animals. Which is probably because of the quest. Yeah. The I did that like John. Beast, I did yeah. that like Jonathan Ross. Then. <laughs> it's because of the quest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of the crest. Yeah. 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 Um, she's not abused by her father, but he's more focused on like marrying her off to like generate a better house, as it were. It's kind of like Ingrid's situation in that yeah. uh, Ingrid's not abused, far from it. But whenever, because she has the the crest, and this is again something that Edelgard and Hanneman are both working towards scrapping because it causes this bullshit um, where the crest bearer needs to marry off and have an and have an heir because they want the crest to keep living. But they don't actually yes. care about the person who currently has the crest. No. <laughs> the difference is that the crest of the beast is kind of like seen as a cursed crest. Um, to a certain degree, because, they're not wrong. Yeah, because it's it's descended from one of the um, one of the disciples that was like stricken from record. Um, so it's one that doesn't quite have the gravitas of the other crests. Is that correct? Because you find the person who has the crest originally. Uh, Maurice, yeah. I don't think I think that's incorrect in the records being stricken because the records being stricken are the crests in the Ashen Wolves. Okay, but people enough, people know where this crest came from. Otherwise, you know, she wouldn't be a noble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is Lawrence. Lawrence Hellman Gloucester. And um, he is very much in competition with Ferdinand von Eyre for being the most noble noble who never noble noble. Except Lawrence has actually got a fair point in his in his arguments. I mean, they're not fair at all because I I don't believe in um uh, uh, a uh, fucking aristocracy. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was going to butcher it, so I was like I, I did one syllable and gave up. But you know the word I meant. Um, yeah. Because whatever great ancestor you fucking had doesn't count for you as a person. Yeah. Uh, he's got some really weird uh, mental gymnastics though. Like if you rescue him from something, he gets really annoyed because you're a commoner and he's a noble and he should be the one protecting you. Um, but also he's not strong enough to live on his own. So he's he's just an infuriating person to social link with. <laughs> I, I I get that. I get that. But from his point of view, I can understand why he's always butting heads with Claude. Yeah. Because um, he thinks Claude isn't really a noble, doesn't he? It's not even the noble thing. It's the fact that the Leicester Alliance doesn't have a, have a leader. You know, it's meant to be a somewhat of a democracy because it's meant to be all of the families working together and deciding shit. And, and yet Claude just treats himself as the leader and blazes forward a lot of the time. Yeah, but that's not entirely his fault because everyone around him has taught him that way. Yeah, and also the other leaders are kind of pussyfooting around things and trying to um, kowtow to the Empire and stuff like that. And another thing we need to bear in mind is Lawrence's territory is on the edge of the border with the Empire. Yes, so if at any point the Empire wants to go through his territory, they go through him. And here's the thing, his father is always ready to defect to the Empire he just is, to save his people. He is so cowardly. It's actually bordering on humorous. Not not Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence is uh, dead. Um, yep. Man, if you want to talk about <laughs> glow-ups post-time skip, Lawrence probably gets the best one. Yeah. <laughs> I think Leone's a good second contender for that. Yeah, but uh, Leone doesn't like... Leone straight up says the reason why she's got long hair now is because she can't be asked to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Lawrence, Lawrence, it just fits his face better because the way his hair is cut when he's a teenager it makes him look like a twat. Yeah, he, he it feels like he got a different... Eye 
artist to the other characters, which made him look like a pillock. <laughs> he, he also gets black armor, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, onto the Blue Lions, we've got Dimitri, who is the sole survivor of the tragedy of Duska, which is a bunch of people, including his father, getting killed, he thinks, by people in Duska. Turns out it was those who slither in the dark. And then he still blames Edelgard, even though she was like six at the time, same as him. Um, we've got Dudu, who is the only Duska normal person in the cast. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, people, people, people still hate him because he's got brown skin because he's from Duska. I think the only um, people who don't outright distrust him are Felix and um, Dimitri, but even Felix doesn't distrust him. It's just, I don't really know you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ingrid fucking hates him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because her brother also died in the tragedy. And the person she was meant to marry. Yes. Oh, yeah, it wasn't her brother. It was the, it was the person she was meant to marry, someone she was actually in love with, um, which is partly why she's really sour on all of these new um, marriage proposals, because she already had a true love. Everyone else is going to be a replacement goldfish at best. Yeah, but at uh, the same time, she looks at it that my true love is gone, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Which is why she entertains every single one that her father presents to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do get this really sweet uh, moment between Ingrid and... Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Oh, Dor- Dorothea. Um, because Ingrid's... Even if you haven't recruited Dorothea, Ingrid's personal quest has Dorothea tag along. And it's literally Dorothea with this big old fucking file case of evidence as to why this person's a scumbag. So much so that when you leave the area, said scumbag has his hired mercenaries try to kidnap Ingrid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dorothea's a good lass. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, the bar's pretty fucking easy to clear when the bar to be regarded as bad is, let's let this creepy murderer rapist get away with creepy murdering rapist my friend. Yeah, but also the fact that she went to the trouble of uh, discovering all this. Yeah, but she no, she just happened to know that when Ingrid brought it up. She didn't dig this dirt up. Yeah, fair enough. But the name got mentioned to her, uh, sorry, she overheard the name and was like, oh no, don't marry that scumbag, he's a scumbag. Yeah, uh, I think Ingrid is the only person who is... Um, thrust down the Pegasus Knight route. Like everyone else you have to kind of put onto it. Yeah, yeah. I think the only other person I ever bother making a Pegasus Knight is Flane. Yeah. And even um, and yes, I know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I also put um, I put Shamir on a Pegasus because um, I thought shooting a bow from a Pegasus is actually a pretty good um, set of skills to have. As long as you're not fighting other archers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dragon type in Pokemon. Weak to other dragons. Um, so yeah, we talked about Ingrid. Sylvain is a massive flirt. If you're playing as a female Biolith, he will join you immediately because Biolith has big tits. Are they that big? Yeah. Have you ever pl- you've not played as female Biolith? No, I've not, but I've seen the images. So, um, like in Heroes, she's not that big. In game, she is. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's got a brother who's a piece of shit and uh, you kill him pretty early on. Like, I think this is like before they even break into uh, the war arc you oh. have to kill the brother yeah, and, this uh, is it incredibly his, uh, early on yeah he's like one of the earliest ones you do like there's that and there's um, Ash's um, adoptive father are like the two things that you do that's literally act one <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, the first act after you're done with the tutorial shit. It's where you yeah. meet Catherine. Oh, yes, 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 it is. Um, but yeah, he's a philanderer. And I think the only person it doesn't really work on is Ingrid, because Ingrid remembers him flirting with her grandma. <laughs> yeah, but when he, <laughs> when was, he was like six. When he was seven. Yeah. yeah, he was like six years old. And she's like, you flirting with my dear sweet granny. And um, I think he points out that, yeah, she was uh, <laughs> she was rather flattered. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's one of those as well where I don't like Sylvain's attitude towards women in general because of course I don't because I'm a modern human um, mm-hmm. but um, from his perspective I can understand why he is the way he is because he even admits that he he's not a person to the people he usually he, the way his flirting works it only works on people who see him as a piece of meat in the first place yeah yeah it's still uh, scummy because, that um... he does it and he sees other people as just things but from his own yeah. per- uh, perverted logic it does make a degree of sense because it's not just the women that have to marry off and create crest babies it's the men as well yeah because he has a crest and lit- and as you, as you say and as we said earlier every woman he encounters looks at him and they don't see him they see a crest yep and it's like cool if I marry him I'm set for fucking life mm-hmm. so- we've got Felix who is perpetually sour yeah he's Virgil yeah <laughs> like, I, like I've never played Devil May Cry but he's fucking Virgil while you were off um, flirting with all the women I was perfecting the blade yeah he's uh, the most likely to suggest Occam's razor in every situation just cut the rope and go straight for the uh, straight for the goal don't bother about any of this plotting and shitting around just why don't you just go and kill the baddie just do it and this is why you do not lead our armies Felix yes <laughs> it's a real good way to get caught in a trap uh, his father Rodrigue is uh, more of a father figure to Dimitri than to Felix which is kind of another thing that makes Felix sour yeah uh, we've got Mercedes yeah who is the, p- the character the- who had so many death flags that never actually activated yeah she starts out with the, the mommy hair <laughs> And um, she is also the older sister of the Death Knight. I thought she was the younger sister, but okay. It makes more sense for her to be the younger sister, but apparently she's the older sister. I mean, she does act like an older sister. I, just, I thought that was part of the joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it really bugs me that she is the older sister as well, even though, she, you know, she just acts like it. She's also the oldest student at the Office Academy, possibly older than Byleth. I don't think she's older than Byleth. I thought Dorothea was older than her. Okay, uh, Mercedes is 22. Oh, Dorothea. Dorothea's like 18, so maybe not. Yeah, Dorothy is 18. Uh, man, I, that's creepy that I know that, and I don't know why I knew that. Yeah. Thanks! Hubert's 20. <laughs> Wait, who's 20? Hubert's, tw- Hubert's 20. He looks like a 40-year-old man, though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he does and all. <laughs> um, yeah, he's Hubert is basically what would happen if um, if Noel Fielding never smiled. <laughs> listen, listen. Oh, 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 if that guy does... Um, you know those fucking celebrity videos where you can pay him like £100 to say something? If yeah. Noel Fielding ever ends up on that. Oh, I would... <laughs> oh, I wouldn't gladly part with my money, but I'd strongly consider paying him to voice... To say a few Hubert lines. <laughs> oh, but as Noel Fielding. It's, it's you, Lady Edelgard. That would be horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Have him be the prick from IT crowd that he plays. <laughs> oh, what other call him Richmond or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, we got Annette, who is also a little bit forgettable, but she's cute. Um. She sings songs, silly songs that she creates on the spot, and is clumsy. And uh, her father stopped being a noble in the kingdom to become a knight of Seros. Is that the way that worked? Yeah. Um. She. He left the kingdom's nobility he's the the kingdom is still friendly with him even though he thinks he's betrayed them by leaving um but yeah they're um he's he's like pretty much the only knights of seros member that's not just like gerald alois catherine and uh, shamir shamir's not a knight yeah shamir's just a merc that just fights for the knights of seros until she doesn't like that's the reason why shamir can join you on any route because she's not actually loyal to uh seros she's they just pay her yeah um apparently on most uh routes where she leaves, Catherine just hunts her down because she feels so betrayed. Wow. Um, 
Um, and then the last one is Ash. He is a he's a little cutie. He has to deal with Lord Lonato being a traitor to um, to the church. Yeah, except, you know, all of these people who turn against the church, it takes like the barest amount of work digging to find out why. Yes. And it's almost <laughs> always justified. Yeah, it's because Rhea treats human beings as pawns. Yeah, because she's a god dragon. Yeah. <laughs> she sees a bigger picture than everyone else, including the frame, whereas everyone else, you know, has to live inside the picture. She doesn't even see a bigger picture, including the frame, because all of her goals, to begin with, at the very least, are, I want to see my mummy again. Yeah. Which I totally understand the motivation, don't get me wrong, but let's not pretend it's noble. Yeah. Which is also why Byleth was born. Entirely. But, um, they they straight so, up 100% yeah. reveal, um, reveal that in the base game, but they hammer the point home even more in the DLC. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the DLC, we've got the Ash and Wolves. Uh, very quickly on Ash. Um, mm-hmm. If you S-link him with Petra, their epilogue's quite cute because Ash wants to be a knight, but obviously he can't, he can't be a knight of uh, of Fargus if he's uh, bonking this foreign princess. So uh, when Petra becomes queen, she literally just makes an order of knights, which Ash is the leader of. Yeah, the Knights of Bridget, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, he also is always a rogue. No matter what class you put him in, he's always got um, the rogue skill of being able to unlock chests. Yeah, because he was a street elephant. That's why he had yep. so much uh, love for Donato, because he took him away from that. Mm-hmm. Taught him to read and everything. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got Yuri of the Ashen Wolves. He was given his crest by the previous holder of the crest, who was the first and only holder of the crest until he gave it to Yuri and beca- made Yuri immortal instead. Okay. Uh, Orbin, or Orban, uh, makes Yuri basically stay more or less useful forever and if you pair them with Byleth in anything other than Crimson Flower apparently they live to an extraordinarily long life however you can only do this after you've completed the Ashen Wolves and uh, get them as just recruitable characters in all the other routes uh, legitimately completed because Yuri's the last character you unlock yeah <laughs> but I'll tell you this Rick the Ashen Wolves there's only four of them and I think that plays to their benefit because they're all interesting yes uh, it also helps that they all have their own unique class that gets that anyone can become this once you've installed the DLC but you know when you first play with them it's like oh this is a cool thing hmm I think uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's a trickster. Yeah, it brings twi- tr- uh, trickster back because tricksters are fucking fun. Yeah, they are to play as, not to fight. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> their dodge fucking percentage percentage is bullshit. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, we got Balthus. Balthus, Balthus, Balthus. And uh, yeah, Hilda calls him Balti because, as we said, they uh, they grew they grew up together. Hilda, Balthus, and um, Holst. But but seriously uh, though, the whole reason why uh, Balthus is uh, is hiding away with the Ashen Wolves is because everywhere else he's gone, he has uncountable gambling debts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has so many gambling debts that uh, he just has to keep on running and borrowing from someone else. He, he creates both debt and gambling debt in the same breath. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in his uh, in his S route with uh, with Yuri as they're becoming buddy buddy, one of them is straight up them making a bet, and then Balfus obviously you loses, and Yuri's immediate response is, "Don't worry about it, because I know you haven't got the money." <laughs> <laughs> Um, he his unique class is War Monk. Yeah. Um, and in Three Hopes, he's one of the best brawlers ever. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think the generic artifact effect that they have on the special weapon, the crest weapons, looks a bit shit. But it looks really mm-hmm. cool on his fists. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I think he also treats the mercenaries that come after him to retrieve his debts as his own form of training. Something stupid like that, yeah. Uh, we got Constance, who ha is basically two characters. Uh, there's daytime Constance and there's nighttime Constance. The daytime Constance, when she's in the sunlight, is all gloomy and... Meek. Is, uh, she's kind of infuriating to be around because she's always talking about how useless she is. Um, yeah, but on the flip side, how fucking annoying is she when she's arrogant? Uh, I mean, for the most part, she's right, apart from when she fucks up, which is also funny. So, basically, I find her more amusing when she's all, oh, ho, 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 than she's when, when she's all, oh, woe is me, just cast me into the cavern, that's all I deserve. And I'm still not entirely sure why she's like this. No, I think it's just a side effect of, like, one of the experiments she did at some point in the past. I mean, I've got, I'd, I'd have to assume that it might be a overflowing effect of her crest, perhaps, but it's never explicitly stated why she is the way she is. Like, um, in a Awakening, uh, Farja's daughter is the way she is because Farja did some fucked up experiments when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she her spells are all weird. So one of them is, uh, for instance, there's a spell to turn a boot into licorice to make boot licking more palatable. That's that. Oh, that's her exper experimenting with her own fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'll be honest with you, it's probably about what ninety five percent of wizards would probably do in the real world if they existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to have and... my boots licked, but I don't want it to be horrible for the person licking my boots. But then she made them into licorice, which is disgusting. Oh, I love licorice. I, I unironically love licorice. I might be the youngest person to enjoy it. Uh, I bet you like fucking Palmer Violets and all. No, that's just fucking soap. <laughs> I actually looked up Palmer Violets the other day because I was in a Reddit thread of um, uh, most disgusting sweets from your country, and uh, I, I, I didn't bother responding because someone had already written it, but yeah, Palmer Violets. So I looked it up, and the flavour that they actually put in Palmer Violets is violets. Yeah. Which, um, no. Early days, early days before they settled on fruits for flavours of things, uh, they did experiment with flower flavours, and violet and rose were like two of the normal flavours. They still use rose as one of the flavours for Turkish Delight, even. Uh, so basically, if you ever get Turkish Delight, if there's a yellow one and a pink one, go for the yellow one because it's more likely to be lemon. <laughs> Um, and then the last one is Happy, and... Spelt with an I. She's Pappy, but with yeah, an H. Yeah, yeah. She's potentially the other best girl. I really like her. She's a lot of fun. She's very deadpan. She has to be, though. Yeah. If she sighs, she summons demons. Yeah, and this is definitely a side effect of her crest. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Balthus um, is S... Well, it's not S-Link, it's technically A-Link, but, you know, the, the final mm -hmm. step of their relationship, Balthus admits that he fucking loves Happy for some reason, and Happy's like, you can't be with me because all I have to do is sigh and then everything goes to shit and Balthus just goes that's fine sigh all you want whatever monster you summon I'll beat the shit out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> which perfectly encapsulates both characters apparently in S support with Byleth she can get a curse lifted that's cool uh, so she can express emotions freely and with uh, with Linhart they unlock the secrets and they can do enough to be able to express some emotion Okay. And be able to relax and live free and leisurely life. Um, but she's also a bit of a dead... Part of being deadpan is being a deadpan snarker, and she's always ready to uh, make fun of things. She gives everyone nicknames. Yeah. Like, I, th I think my favourite one is Hubert. She calls him The Burt. That's a, that's a really <laughs> lazy fucking nickname. But I bet <laughs> you any dumb. money it drives Hubert crazy. Yeah, Bernie is Bernie B. Okay. Which is cute. <laughs> 
I'll just see if I can find the other nicknames that she she comes up with. Yeah, I can't find any. Oh well, we'll, we'll move along. Um, but yeah, uh, Church of Seros, Rhea, the uh, bit of a non-factor. Yeah. If you want to fuck the fucking Dragon Pope, that's about the only thing that's unique about her. Uh, depending on what route you're on, she's either the sweetest of sweet or the evilest of evil. Yeah, she's your nan and. Uh, <laughs> And you can romance her. Um, Seteth is um, the certified Dilf. He's uh, the one that a lot of people are horny for, uh, but he shows no interest in anything other than keeping Flane safe. He's uh, an overbearing parent disguised as being an overbearing big brother. Yeah, which fooled absolutely fucking nobody. Uh, When playing the game, you're like, you're not her fucking brother. Yeah, all three of them are dragons. Yeah, except you never Uh, see Seteth or Flane turn into one. No, the only time you get... In fact, the only thing that uh, confirms those dragons, other than the fact that they're shit zillions of years old, is if you see, if you have the official art book, um, it shows Flane without her hair, and she's got dragon ears. That's adorable. However, there is another Flane thing that can hint you off. Uh, you know, the, oh, yeah. you know the four great beasts. Yeah. If you take her to one of them, I can't remember which one, but they they offer you a straight up fucking challenge of strength. When Flane attacks them, uh, the beast goes, "Oh, I haven't seen you in," and Flane just goes, "Shh, shh, 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 shh." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there's also the one where um, her birthday is on the day of Saint Kathleen, which she is. She, yeah, and she sets the um, she sets the task for it, which is make a fish or go, go fishing and get the biggest fish, and then she eats all of them. <laughs> Yeah, but also the reason why they let the fishing competition go is because she literally just got rescued from that cult. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. I, I make it a point to <laughs> win that competition every time because I like Flane. Yeah. <laughs> like, I even won it when I was on Black Eagles just because even though we're going to end up on opposite sides of the war at some point, I don't want it to be sad now. Yeah, but on the bright side, the conflict between you and Flane happens really... Like, it's literally the first fight. I think you fight both Setef and Flane and they both fuck off after the battle and never to be seen again. It's implied that they might have died from their wounds, but they probably didn't. Yeah, you get a choice to spare them. If you do, then um, if, as, as soon as you spare one, you can just straight up immediately spare the other, I believe. And um, then they just leave and they say, goodbye, Professor, you'll never hear from us again. And then um, Rhea goes bent in the head because they've both left her. Rhea was already bent in the head, though. Yeah, at that point, she's bent in the head, and she's she's referring to herself as Seros, which is, in-universe, it's the name of the goddess, but also it's kind of not. It's her own name from when she was a dragon. The Church of Seros actually um, worships Sothis, but they call it Seros. Yeah. Um, potentially as a bit of a um, a red herring to ward off the Argathans, except the Argathans know for a fact that these are their enemies. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good time to talk about the Argathans, those who slither in the Dark. Oh, okay. We're skipping the rest of the Church of Cyrus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Church of Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. We've got. Um, we did set her flame and uh, flame, uh, flame and Rhea. Yeah. Uh, Geralt technically is part of the Knights of Cyrus, except you know not anymore. Um, he's Byleth's father and husband of Citri, which is um, Rhea's daughter and Byleth's mother. Yeah, and daughter who dies. Daughter's a bit of a stretch. Technically, you're correct, but you know they're not a biological creature. Yep, yep. Um, he is a bit of a sacrificial lion. He He's, he's so strong in universe that you know that you're never going to get to use him properly. He's Boromir. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, like, when he's on the field of battle, in, in in my head cannon, people do not want to fight him at, at melee length. They try and fucking take him down before he gets close. Unfortunately, he's cavalry, so he can close that fucking distance. Yeah. <laughs> and if you ever wondered if there's a reason why Leone is a cavalry person, it's because she's just modelling her entire fighting style on Gerald. Which, to be honest with you, is a pretty good person to model your fighting style off, because he 
he's never yeah. lost a battle in universe. Yeah, yeah. And it's also why she wears orange. <laughs> Um, we've got Catherine. Yeah, waifu, yeah. top tier. Um, yeah. There is that annoying side quest that actually gives you a proper conundrum in, do you give the redstone to Catherine or Shamir? Which one do you most want to fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's a lot of fun, uh, except when you're against her and she basically will never forgive you, which is kind of reasonable considering she's dedicated so much of her life to the Knights of Seros and doing the right thing and all that. You're correct. Um, However, in that final battle of, re- of the Black Eagles, um, she's on the front line and oh yeah Raya, Raya, in her, nukes her. Raya in her dragon form is like don't let them live and Catherine's literally like I'm not sure about this because this fight's kind of stacked against us yeah they're also still children and uh... <laughs> uh, to be it's after the time skips and no yeah it's five years later yes. but yeah. they're, yeah, chil- even, they're children they're children to her yeah even Lysithia's 20 by that point um, but yeah I also used her as a, um, a delivery service in that fight uh, she fights you with a thunder thunder brand because that's what she has which is like a super brave sword that attacks twice whenever you attack okay. and i was like okay thank you very much i will now use this to kill your god <laughs> yeah but your regular sword's better uh you can attack from two spaces away bro you can but also you can get countered from two spaces away so i just use the thunder brand and just killed okay. just one rounded rare <laughs> i actually did everything in my uh, my power to keep Catherine alive for that fight to see if there'd be any dialogue difference uh no yeah if you one round rare you still have to kill Catherine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's a lot of fun. We've got Alois, who tries to be a lot of fun, but he's just like dad jokes incarnate. I forget who it is, but there is someone who finds his jokes legitimately funny, and he's shocked. Uh, it might be Happy. <laughs> I don't think it's Happy, no, because this was pre-DLC when I got this dialogue. Fair enough. It might even be Flane. Like, that's with that's in character as well. Maybe so. I do like how um, Alois does have uh, S-ranks with people, but he's already married, so yeah. all of the epilogue is just, uh, yeah, you two have Alois and his family a bunch. Yeah. Um, oh, here's the one. Apparently, uh, Dimitri only laughs at the jokes because he finds them so unfunny they go full circle into being hilarious that's dumb i didn't realize that was the reason why he laughed <laughs> yeah <laughs> um in three hopes as soon as um the time skip happens he always leaves the knights of Seros to join gerald's mercenaries because gerald isn't dead <laughs> like that's super in character yeah yeah totally as soon as he realizes gerald is still alive and kicking and like kicking about and all that yeah he just goes and joins them joins him uh we've got shamir very quickly there is some sad dialogue with Alois where uh, he remembers his time in Geralt's mercenary band and how mm-hmm. he pretty much always got picked on but he didn't see it as being picked on and then as he's telling the story he's like oh hang on ooh <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was a lifetime of hazing that I just went through that's, uh, that's, uh... <laughs> it's fucked up don't get me wrong but I, I don't know what it is about someone suddenly realising that something they thought was very happy pleasant times and just going oh hang on a minute yep <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Shamir has a line with Balthus in Three Hopes where she just goes yeah my taste in women is not the same as yours <laughs> yeah because in free hope she's fully 100 percent bisexual but in free houses she is not yeah uh there's also a um, a quest her, her friend quest in three hopes is uh dealing with the mercenary sent out by a noble that wants to capture her to become a sex slave gross this noble is a lady that's still gross it's yeah it's still gross but it's basically um it's not confirming that she's open to it it's confirming that other people think she's open to it which is kind of just as bad for in- from the japanese point of view you know just because she's bisexual doesn't that's such a weird qualifying uh factor isn't it it's like i want you to be my sex slave but only if you're into women yeah it's fucked up ain't it it's just like i want you to 
to be submitted to sexual slavery, which is 100% against your will because it has the word fucking slavery in it, but only if you're okay with doing it with women. That's such a weird qualifying factor. That's fucking bizarre. It is weird and, like... That's not how they confirm it, is it? That's not how they confirm she's bisexual because this one chick wants to do it. No, I think the actual confirmation is the... It's just chatting away with with Baltus and going, oh, yeah. But also, she's always such a deadpan snarker that you, you don't know if she's serious. She's always had that kind of fuck fight energy with Catherine. Oh yes, yes. Um, there's, it's very easy to read their um, their social link in three Ho- in three hopes as entirely romantic. I think one of the reasons uh, why Catherine never pushes for romance is because she's still hiding who she is. Boy, yeah. if that's not a fucking metaphor. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, whenever you're on the same side in three hopes with those two, it's because you've gone out of your way to reunite them. Because um, when the war starts, Shamir leaves the night and it's only when they're back on the same side again that uh, that Catherine's happy again. That's, oh, that's, that, I literally feel the tug on my heart there. I'm just like, that's fucking adorable, man. Yeah, just just hug already. And the last member of the Knights of Seros is Gilbert, and that's uh, that's What's-Her-Face's dad. Are we n- going to talk about Hanuman and Manuela? Because they're, they're technically under the Church of Soros branch. Uh, oh, technically they are, yeah. They're they're also technically under the Adresian Empire, aren't they? No, because they work for the Academy. Okay, so you've got Manuela, who is... Milf. Milf teacher. Well, she's not a milf though, is she? Okay, okay. She's she's a Christmas cake. Teacher. It's it's one of those really weird things where, um, boy, this is not something I we should really be discussing during a Fire Emblem podcast. But here we go. The term milf has morphed from its original acronym to just mean someone who's got a mum body that you want to fuck. Yep. Uh, yeah. These days, it it what it is intended to mean, as in someone who has had a child, is very different from what it is understood to mean, which is someone who is like over thirty and uh, is still quite tidy. Yeah. 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 Like we actually find out very quickly that the reason why Manuel is single is because she's a fucking slob. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, you know... Man, she's even got Mrs. Crowapple's hairstyle. A little bit, a little bit. If Miss Crowapple was an anime character, I could see it, her looking a bit like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, she is um, Dorothea's senpai as a um, singer. Yeah, opera, she Indeed. was the lead opera singer of the Frankelfurt Opera Company. I can't remember the name of the place. Middle Frank. Oh, I knew it had a Frank in it. I didn't know where. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you you went to Frankenfurter, didn't you? <laughs> well, because that's a real place, so I was like, well, I'll go there because I know it's got Frank in it. I just, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Close enough. The Andresden <laughs> Empire might as well be the German Empire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hanneman, who's like a 50-year-old uh, researcher. I actually really um, do like pairing him up with Manuela. Yeah, apparently they start a um, an orphanage together. That's so fucking really adorable. Cute. Yeah. Really cute, yeah. Um, yeah, Hanneman's only like got like 15 years on her, but the fact that it puts him into his 50s when she's still in her 30s is... Uh, I've got a bit of a hang-up about that, but that's just me. I don't have much of a hang-up about it because I've got a sister who's in a relationship with that big of an age gap and it don't really matter that much. Fair enough. Uh, Fair you know what I mean? As long as he didn't know her when she was 18, then it's fine in my book because they were both adults when they met. And yeah. let's assume that they've been teaching for five years. That would put Manuela still well in her 30s. Yeah, she's. I think she's 37. Yeah, so oh, she's 36. Let's assume she's that... Because we know they've been teaching together for at least a couple of years because they mentioned previous tournaments and stuff. But mm-hmm, it's because mm-hmm. Hanneman's been a researcher for so long, you've got to assume that he probably did that way before teaching. And you've got Manuela with her opera career behind her. And opera careers will... Assumedly, they, they last until you 
your looks fade, but Manuela's still got those. Yeah, um, I think she basically just stepped aside so another, so someone up and coming could have a go, which is, as we know, Dorothea. It's quite noble, um, really. Yeah, in the in Three Hopes, she even goes back to the opera company. Fair enough. She goes back to the free, um, the opera company as well if you don't recruit her and you, after the time skip. Okay, okay. Um, and then we've got Yuritsa, who is the third teacher. Um, if it weren't for Byleth joining, then he would have taught the third house. How awkward would it have been if he was teaching Black Eagles, not Black Eagles, Blue Lions? Yeah, it's implied that it was meant to be the Black Eagles because uh, they had some plans in the in the works. Which in three in three hopes we get to see. Like the very first mission in three hopes is going with Yuritsa to a random place out in the wilds. I wonder why. Oh, this castle has appeared out of nowhere. Oh, Monica's in there. Oh, so that was meant to happen way earlier. Yeah. So you get the real Monica. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, Edelgard goes. Hmm. Now that we've got the real Monica, and she's just singled out Tomas as being an Algathan. Uh, we can maybe turn this to our advantage, use the Knights of Seros as a blunt force object to fight the Argathans with now, cut ourselves off from them and not need them for the rest of the universe. Because that's one of the big reasons why the uh, the Black Eagles get muddled into the bad guy faction, because they have to work with the Sliver in the Dark people. Yeah, they have to rely on some external force to help, to help out. Uh, when it comes to the the war phase, they are at war with the church, they're at war with the kingdom, the kingdom has taken the church as uh, in under sanctuary. That also happens and, in Three Houses. And they um, basically they don't so much subjugate Lester as do a show of force, uh, invade um, the Gloucester territory, mm-hmm. and they form an alliance. And then it's like a two prong assault on the kingdom. So that's why they don't need the uh, those who slither in the dark. Right, right, right. Uh, very uh, in- Uri- important so, to note Uri- that Uri- in Three Houses, Euritza is actually free DLC that came out about a. Year year late yep <laughs> um he's got a really funny thing where he's got a if you invite i think it's him and lysithia to um tea or something or if uh, or tea, if you, tea what, time like, is uh, is one-on-one you're thinking of lunch where you invite two characters oh yeah lunch he's like oh yeah i uh, don't let me near that thing that thing she scares me as a, a reference to the fact that if you have lysithia during any of the fights with the black knight with the death knight she's got an anti-horse spell ah <laughs> And she kicks his she kicks his ass when level for level when he's meant to be almost invincible. It's very difficult. If I wasn't playing on normal difficulty, I don't think I'd ever bother fighting the Death Knight. Yeah. Because yeah. and I definitely wouldn't fucking do it if I had permadeath on. Because mm-hmm. uh, his counter ability alone is uh, is bollocks. And if you don't attack him at all, he will only he only has like a two square radius because he's like I'm I'm here because I've been ordered to be here. I don't actually have to do anything though. I'm here to fight anyone that comes this way. Because don't come this way, idiot. It is essentially. <laughs> like if someone thinks they're hard enough to have a go they're gonna fuck around and find out <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is basically Lu Bu but without the bloodlust I mean he does have the bloodlust but you know Lu Bu is like he will crush peons and be like yeah. can anyone provide me with a decent challenge whereas Juritsa's like I'm gonna stand here I'm gonna swing my sword if you get cut by my sword that's not my fault <laughs> Like Bart Simpson shit. (laughs) Swing my arms and walk in this direction, yeah. (laughs) Fuck. I don't know. That mental image is tickling the fuck out of me. (laughs) 
<laughs> windmill arms. Uh, yeah, um, he is th- 21 years old as opposed to Mercedes 22. So yeah, he is the younger brother. It's so weird because again, he's a teacher. Yeah, they let a 21-year-old be a teacher. Um, he gets orphaned as a teacher in Three Houses because of Byleth. Yes. Um, he's still the uh, he he's still the battle teacher, isn't he? Yeah, he still he still does battle drills, and um, but you know he basically doesn't do anything uh, apart from kidnapping Flame, and then he disappears from the story. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone goes, hey, Juritz has gone missing at the same time as the Death Knight fucked off, and they immediately put two and two together. Yep, yep. Um, in Three Hopes, they actually show that the Death Knight is an actual separate personality that he's trying to keep under wraps, and that's what's got the bloodlust. I mean, I, I, it, it, they weren't so subtle as that not being obvious, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, He definitely speaks and acts differently as the Death Knight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I do absolutely adore the fact that he has a sweet tooth. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably another hint as to him being Mercedes's sister because Mercedes loves making sweets. Yeah, she's really good at making sweets. Yeah, Annette fucking uh, loves it. I paired him up with Manuela in Three Hopes and she's really good at therapy for him. That's adorable. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and yeah, we got those who slither in the dark. Nope. Uh, we got Cyril and we got Anna that are both still technically Cyrus. Anna isn't Cyrus. She's um, okay. She's just a merchant. I, I agree with you that she shouldn't be. However, on the wiki page, they list her under Church of Cyrus and I get it because she does still work for them. Okay, but then she just goes to wherever your character is because she's a merchant yeah Cyril is um, it seems to be he's basically an indentured servant when he was a, when he's a kid so, uh, but he like, appreciates it like, well it's weird isn't it because he was an orphan and he's been adopted but being adopted means hey you clean yeah yeah he's a uh, he's basically a very small janitor he's like 14 years old I think he's specifically uh, a war orphan as well because he's from the same place Claude is yeah he's an Almiron which um, uh, is super fucked up yeah and when he grows up um, Rhea just treats him as yet another pawn to just throw around the place. Yes, because again, we've already established Rhea doesn't see people as people. Yep, yep. Uh, humans are pieces that she can chuck around the board. Yeah, and then, and then when someone doesn't act the way she thinks they're meant to act, she she throws a fucking fit. Um, it's one of those where, you know, come to think of it, very early on it's established because once you deal with Lord Donato, she uh, she puts everyone to death and mm. she has your house in the room as she puts everyone to death and she explicitly says, no, no, they need to stay. They need to learn what happens if you rebel. Oh boy. She doesn't yep. say it in so many words, but that's what her meaning is. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, it really drives it home that she remains very constant in this um, when you side with Edelgard in, um, at the break point in Crimson Flower. Yeah. That um, she goes, like, you, you can basically tell her when she says, execute this traitor who's a thief. And you're like, she's a child. And she takes, so you defy me too. And then just goes bent in the head and tries to, tries to kill you immediately. How dare you rebel against me, your granny? <laughs> but she doesn't say that because she wants to keep that secret as well. Um, but yeah, we've got the, those who slither in the dark the most important one is Talis yeah he's the one who pretty much is responsible for your uh, for your dad getting murdered yeah he is Lord Arundel who is like a really high high up in the Adresian Empire um, he is the main villain of um, Leicester Alliance is he the Leicester Alliance main villain okay well I don't know if he's the main villain but he's like the second to last boss yeah but, the, the but last one. I don't count the last boss of that one because the last boss of that one is just thrown in because <laughs> yeah because the previous one wasn't last enough. Well, the, okay, um, spoiler for the end of uh, Golden Deer, I guess. Uh, the very last boss of Golden Deer is the 12 Heroes of Fodlan, except the only character with a unique model and name is Nemesis, and the rest are just generic.
generic fucking character models. Yeah. Uh, which are um, the, you know, the 12 people who have the original holders of the crests. Yeah, Nemesis being the one that you saw in the opening cinematic fighting Seros. Yeah, so I was very confused because I fought this guy at the end of this, at this route, as my first route, and I was like, I didn't fucking solve anything. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? And then I played the other two routes and I went, oh, that was just thrown in their cause. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is, um, he's the one that stops you from saving, isn't he the one that stops you from saving Gerald, or is that Solon? I already said this, uh, Talis is the reason why Gerald dies, because Kronya goes to stab him, oh, yeah, 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 you yeah, rerun yeah, yeah, time, yeah. and somehow Phallus is, uh, Phallus? Talis, <laughs> yeah, 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 he's, um... Yeah, but I said it like dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Phallus. Phallus is there. Apparently the implication is that he's always there waiting in the wings, and it's only when you are um, able to try and change fate that he steps in to stop you from changing fate. But, but specifically, like, it's a story contrivance to get Geralt out of the picture, because you've already got time travel at this point, meaning everything's safe. However, Geralt is such a threat that this guy deems it worthy to make himself known just to take him off the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's quite a fucking character statement. Yes. <laughs> um... You've got Solon, who is... Thomas. Uh, what was his name? Yeah, Thomas, the librarian. Yeah, who... who been, uh... I've got to be honest with you. Had some weird lines of dialogue as Thomas, but I never f- fucking second-guessed it. I just thought, that's a bit weird, but I also don't know shit about this world yet, so I guess, okay. Yeah, apparently he's the greatest mage of uh, all of the... all those who slither in the dark. Well, you got fucking taken tries... down easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he tries to chuck Byleth into, like, the uh, the world between worlds, and uh, it's only by Sothis sacrificing her consciousness that you're able to break out. I will say this, I fucking hated that part of the game, because it made mm. no sense. You, you had this thing where, it doesn't matter what route you're on, all three of the leaders have the same thing, they just say it slightly different, and that is uh, yeah, we know it's a trap, so let's just spring it, but they have no plan to counteract whatever fucking trap it might be. They don't know that this is going to happen, but they know something's going to happen. It's a stupid fucking plan, and Claude is the worst offender, because he's meant to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you put him down. Uh, the next one is Cronia. I like her design, she- she's like a sexy Harlequin, but she's yeah, a piece she- of shit yeah she's a piece of shit uh but yeah still people are a lot of a lot of people are horny for clussy i mean shit uh, man they fucking put her in heroes really quick yeah um i think she was actually in heroes before um three houses was even released i don't think that's correct because i think they released the three lords and by first i think she came- oh those were de- those were definitely before the game was released but she came out really qu- not long after it was like a week or two after release and some people hadn't gotten that far that being said you wouldn't know that she was secretly monica from Mon- just from heroes yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of Monica. Uh, Monica in Three Hopes obviously is herself rather than being Kronia. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's basically a rival to Hubert in terms of simping for Edelgard. That's okay, cool. Frapple. Yeah. <laughs> Edelgard now has but... her harem with Byleth at yep. the head. Yep. <laughs> um, the heartbreaking part is when she gets to like A support with Edelgard and Edelgard says, you should really ho- stop holding me in such high regard. If, it, um, if there was any benefit to have sacrificed you, I would have. I would have done it in a heartbeat. And, and we Monica know. Says, and we know that because we played three houses. Yeah, and Monica basically says, "Well, if that would have benefited you, then I have no. I would have had no objections." That's which just is, sad. It's really sad. Th- that's sad because I. I think everybody knows that one person who is an ultra simp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Super Saiyan simp. Um, and apparently, yeah. Um, Solon is the one that kills Kronia in three houses. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're Doesn't correct. He, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he, he, he's like takes a heart to 
do the uh, the ritual to chuck Byleth into the world between worlds. Well, there's the cutscene that plays where uh, once you beat Kronia, where Kronia's like, I'm running away now, and Solus goes, no, you're not. And then Kronia, despite being absolutely evil towards Byleth, says to Byleth, please help me, I don't want to die yeah. like this. Little bitch has the audacity to beg the person whose father she's just killed well, you, for, uh, you, for you, mercy. You say that, but there's the age-old adage of uh, if you're going to get killed by someone, pray to God they're a bad man, because a good man will just kill you and get it over and done with, but a bad man will monologue and be a dick about it first, which gives you a chance to get out of it. So, yep. I think the thing is, she wouldn't have minded so much if she got cut down by Byleth, because she knows that Byleth would have just cut her down and that would be it. Whereas, this ritual is evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other two that I think are worth mentioning is um, Cleobulus. Who? Which is, uh, what's her name? What's her name in the thing? It's uh, Cornelia. Oh, I only know her as Cornelia. Yeah, she's got the name of Cleobulus within those who slither in the dark, and that is a male name, so she's apparently the only canonical gender rebel in Those Who Slither in the Dark. I believe it's implied that Cornelia was a different person, and when she's in this super ultra evil fuck you stage, um, she's bit, she's t- it's someone assuming an identity. Yes. Um, so it's always, uh, as all the time that we see Cornelia, it's Cleobulus. Uh, before the games, Cornelia was a really nice person who like fought off a plague and like um, found a cure to the plague and stopped an entire country from dying and it's only now that um because in three hopes she even says oh yeah that was a life that feels like a lifetime ago maybe i could have just done nothing and uh, things would have gone according to plan damn um but yeah it's interesting you don't actually encounter this character at all as the lester alliance you uh you only fight her you, you fight her both as the kingdom or as the empire because the empire is a, a real sneaky one where there's still technically a vassal of uh, sorry her castle is still owned by the kingdom Yes. So Edelgard knows that she's a member of those who sliver in the dark because she's not entirely ignorant of the way their structure works. And she just goes, cool, we're going to preemptively strike and take this place. It's still part of the kingdom. She knows Cornelia is technically allied to her, technically. Um, yep. And they even have a brief discussion as, as they uh, invade the castle walls because she's like, hey, I'm on your fucking side. And Edelgard's like, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Cornelia, Cornelia as a baddie is like, yeah, Um, w- was I meant to be defecting at this point now? Or uh, And Cor- Edelgard's like, nah, we're... Uh, we're killing a villain. We're killing someone who's um, opposite to us, who's opposed to us, and then they do. And then Talis shows up and says, "That was not very discreet of you." And then nukes Aryan Road with the uh, with the three uh, nuclear missiles. Yeah, the nuclear missile shit is still weird to me. Yeah. Um, I do. The, <laughs> the only reason why you even find out about the nuclear missiles in Leicester Alliance is once you take down Edelgard, you um, you find a letter in Hubert's chamber which straight up says, "Hey, if you're reading this and you're not me, go to this place." Because if that letter was not there, the game would have ended after taking down Edelgard and the, the, those who sliver in the dark would still be doing their evil shit. Yes. Uh, but instead, <laughs> you go there, you get some dubstep music during the battle, which I really fucking took me out at the moment because I was like, what fucking is this game? Um, you beat them, then you go on to the fucking victory lap of the fucking 12. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I think the the Black Eagles route should have ended with taking out those who slither in the dark as just drawing a line under your, uh, your eternal conquest. That's just it though, isn't it? Because Leicester Alliance, that's the second to last thing you do and then you do this bullshit fight that makes no sense afterwards with Lemesis and shit. But the Black Eagles end once you've united the world, the continent. Uh, you've beaten... Except, uh, except you know that the that those that have uh, lent you some uh, resources are going to take their pound of flesh at some point in the future. The only so, the only saving grace is the only one major player left for them is uh, is Talus or Phallus. Fails. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so, but that's still a pretty fucking bit. That's the biggest player. So, yeah. I think it's because they wanted the epilogue to have people still fighting this, those who sliver in the dark, but it's very unsatisfying as a player. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but also it's like six chapters shorter than all the other ones. <laughs> like, they had the time. It's because they wanted... It had to have been because they wanted Raya to be the big final battle. And yeah, I, totally. I suppose it would have been incredibly weird to stop your advance on the kingdom uh, just to deal with those who sliver in the dark because Se- Raya in the form that she was in and the anger she, she had would have totally fucking pushed back ground yeah. uh, if you'd have ignored like, her and I get that but yeah it's very odd and again I played Leicester Alliance first so I knew those who sliver in the dark had fucking character models and had a special battle map for just them yep 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 um, and then the last Arlathan uh, is um, Epimenides who uh, otherwise known as Arval he's basically your he's your sophist in Three Hopes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who this is then. So Epimenides was the one who lived at the same time as Sothis and Seros. Mm-hmm. Um, he was basically their opposite number, probably about equal to Talus, um, but he died for some reason. That's not vague. And, <laughs> uh, and now they've recreated him, and he's in your blood, and he is in your head, and he's, he's literally just your Sothis. I hear voices uh, in my head. They talk to me. They understand. They talk me. <laughs> So, as much as Byleth is basically dragon-adjacent, Shez, the Three Hope protagonist, is Slither-in-the-Dark adjacent. Uh, Neither of them are part of the faction that they are next to, but still. Um, Arval is always helpful, except when he gets overridden by Epimenides and then he becomes a baddie. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Um, There is one more character I want to talk about whose name escapes me. Um, Let me see here. Uh, It only applies to the uh, Kingdom route, where you have one character that you fight. I remember him now. It's uh, it's Randolph. Uh, he's a he's a relatively good dude. He's just a soldier. Like he's no one special. Uh, you don't even get him as a, as an ally on a map. But he essentially rises as you do. And Dimitri fucking mercs him in the Kingdom route in about two seconds because it's Dimitri and he's pissed. <laughs> so you get a character called Flesh uh, or Fleshe probably F L E C H E, which is his little sister, and she's adorable. However, us as the player know that it's his character's little sister, and we know she's fucking pissed at Dimitri. And this is what kills um, uh, Rodrigue. Uh, she, okay. she, she wants yes. to kill Dimitri. Uh, Rod- and Dimitri's in this state of I don't care if I live or die. Uh, but Rodrigue fucking gives a shit, and he sees this happening, and he basically takes the knife for him. Uh, it makes no sense that that was enough to kill him because he was still wearing armor. But whatever, it's Fire Emblem. Um, yeah, it's um, it's, it's such a weird one. Taking a bullet doesn't work when it's a sword. Like that's just <laughs> it. It's a little tiny dagger because she's pissed and wants. I don't think it would have even pierced Dimitri's armor. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just a that's a side story you get just in the Kingdom route. I did the Kingdom route after the Black Eagle route, I think. It's been a while. So I already actually kind of like Randolph, so I was quite sad when he died. Yeah, so Randolph is the is the uh opposite number to um Rodrigue and Judith in that if you kill Geralt, then Byleth kills them. Oh, okay. In Three Hopes. And that's basically the uh, that's that's how you go on good ending or bad ending. Like if you're on good ending, it's because you don't kill uh, Geralt. If you're on bad ending, it's because you did kill Geralt, and then you eventually have to kill Byleth. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, if you played Three Houses in the first place, you kind of know not to kill Geralt. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So when it's you say don't of, um... kill Geralt, does that mean don't beat him on the map, or does that mean there's an option, and it's like, merc Geralt or don't? Oh, it's, it's don't beat him on the map. Uh, if, I think there is a way to beat him on the map and not kill him, but I think it's a case of you have to do literally everything else on the map first. Mm. Um, if you go straight for him, he just goes, what a mess and then just jumps in and then you fight him to the death. Uh, 
otherwise he's he basically retreats because everything else has just gone to shit and he's like okay no one's gonna pay us for this anymore we might as well get out of dodge and then next time you meet up there he's on like neutral terms and he's like okay i respect you um we're now for hire and then you hire them yeah fair enough um but yeah randolph is he gets the short end of the stick because either you directly fight him on blue lions or in golden deer he's he's the one that makes claude into a villain because even when they're allied with the empire randolph is the basically the imperial uh, face character for that one map and claude says yeah withhold your forces because we don't want our guys to die doesn't matter if they die and then randolph dies oh and um like this is unavoidable on that map because the part of the map that he's on is blocked off yeah and yeah, yeah. um the rest of the characters are basically saying what the hell hero for to claude until he comes around and actually becomes a reasonable guy by the end of his route but if it's not his route then it doesn't work out and uh in fact on the bad ending for um black eagles um the they manipulate claude into leaving the uh into betraying the empire and then you get the chance to actually kill him he's the only lord that can be killed in all of three hopes i think that's because the lester alliance actually has a clear replacement character in lawrence yeah because if, if claude is not in the picture lawrence is clearly politically savvy enough to fucking take that seat yeah totally, totally. It, it's also one of those where it's the benefit of an alliance in that uh, because it's a bunch of technically it's a bunch of states that all function as one uh, as opposed to a kingdom or an empire uh, Edelgard doesn't have a successor Dimitri sure as fuck don't yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like cool yeah the alliance can actually function without Claude mm-hmm. and yeah um, flesh normally comes after you <laughs> yeah that makes sense I imagine she's not that skilled in fact that is actually the the same mission the, the mission where you um, where you're fighting Geralt and can either kill him or not is one where he is hired by Flesh uh, to get revenge on you for letting Randolph die. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because she she does have she uh, assumedly has a has a um, a pension from him passing. Well, she's also she was also told this by those who slither in the dark. Yeah, well, they're f- yeah yeah they're conniving fuckheads. Ah, yeah, fuck. yeah. Um, they gave her a uh, a fraudulent account that it, it does and uh, it results in the fact that yes, he died, which is true. But what they did was um, they 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 made it so that Claude killed him rather than um, was dragging his feet trying to help him. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm just looking um, at the Wikipedia page for characters of uh, Fire Emblem Free Heroes. At the very bottom, they've got um, background characters, sorry, backstory characters for Church of Cyrus, and they've got a picture of uh, Cephaline and uh, uh, Chicol, I guess. And it's so weird seeing Flane and Setev, but with blonde hair. Yeah, that's all they changed. They just make them blonde. <laughs> And then you got fucking Indek and uh, Macule, who look like Dark Souls characters. Yeah. And you got Citri, which the, you know actually has a fucking in-game model that's nice and pretty. Yeah, she's uh, on TV tropes. They've got the the picture of her getting a flower from Gerald. Aww. Yeah. And she's smiling, and it's nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, Rick. We've been talking for nearly two hours now. Yeah, we have. There is a so, lot I would love to still talk about free houses. So, with that in mind, I think we're going to put a pin in it today. We're going to do our usual wind down, I think. But uh, before that, I. I will just say I think we're going to return to free houses down the line and talk more about gameplay and story implications we've already done a lot of story considering we're talking about characters anyway but yeah yeah the story beats have been intertwined with characters so yeah uh, stay tuned for another episode of Fire Emblem Three Houses Retrospective so now it's time to get into our wind down from these well I guess do we want to do the, tr- the regular three for um, for three houses I think we'll do the regular three and we'll tweak it and stress that it can only focus on characters so let's take 
take favourite moment out because we'll handle that the next time we talk about free houses. But we, I think sure. we do MVP and weakest link, but only characters. We can't talk about gameplay or developers. I do have one personal favourite moment that is related to a character, though. Okay. It's when it's when I realised that the main theme was sung from Edelgard's point of view. I don't even know the fa- main theme well enough to, 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 to clock that. It's, uh, it's like, reach for my hand into the dark, I wish I could stay in Hallowed Halls, basically saying she wants to stay as in this idyllic time as a student but she knows she has to go train, tra- change the world. Well yeah, because you got to bear in mind uh, it's hammered home more in, in Free Hopes as you say, but in at the beginning of Free Houses, all of her plans for all of the shit throughout the entire game are already in motion by the time we meet her. Yes, yes absolutely. Like literally the time you meet her, she's already planning to have the other two lords killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although i got to be honest with you, she picked a really shitty person to attempt it because I think even without Byleth and Gerald, uh, Dimitri and Claude would have handled it. Yeah. Although yeah. that being said, um, if it was just those three, she probably would have turned coat halfway through the battle and, and helped out the, the bandits. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Um, because she's she's super effective against Dimitri, uh, so just leave the bandits to take care of Claude. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually forget that in the very first fight, about half of the enemies are taken up by Gerald anyway. Yeah. Who you don't control. <laughs> and in Three Hopes, it's literally you you have shares instead of Byleth that comes across them. I will say I will and... tell you this, Rick. This very brief discussion about Three Hopes has made me consider actually buying it. Play the demo. See if it makes you, um, it whets your appetite. What? Because the demo does the thing with um, with Kronia and Monica really early on. So, But the thing is, is it would just be the plot beats. The plot beats sound interesting and I've played Warriors games. I like Warriors games. I didn't like the original Fire Emblem Warriors because the story was stupid. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't any. Um, this, they, they seem to have learned their lesson with that. Um, both uh, Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors 2 have moved into having a story and being their own kind of um, what-if sequel. Yeah, but I don't care about Legend of Zelda. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, no, no, I'm just saying first, that's why I'm not interested in Hyrule. The first one was an everything um, an everything crossover Muso that doesn't matter. The sequel is the one that is actually a laser-focused one-world what-if. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, they did then Persona Strikers is another one in that vein. where it's uh, Persona Strikers plays a sequel. bit too differently to a traditional Warriors for me to get behind. True, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, thankfully, I've got it free on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, so, so did I. That's why I know I don't like it. I play. Okay, to be fair, I only played the first proper level. You know, after tutorial. Like, I like all the Persona stuff. Don't get me wrong, but the actual gameplay is like. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, um, weakest link. So, what do you reckon is the weakest link of the characterization of Fire Emblem Three Houses? Uh, there's a very obvious winner here, and that is Nemesis. He. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. He appears in the opening cutscene uh, to set the story, the stage. He got his ass stomped by Cyros Cyr- uh, and uh, and well, Ray. Yeah, let's be honest but I'd be happy to leave it at that if he was just a character that appeared and everyone was like well he was a big badass but he got dealt with ages ago but if you play the golden deer route which I did first as I've said about five times now he just shows up at the end with his 12 yeah. heroes and it's there's nothing to him he's still a big badass sure but so is everyone on his team yeah yeah he's got nothing going like, for him he didn't need to be included to this degree it might be one of those where they should have just had him alongside Talis because they're all essentially either cloned or uh, resurrected by those of Slither in the Dark, so they should have been alongside Talis, really. It's really not clear. As as um, as ultra ultra super elite cannon fodder, you know. Yeah, maybe. But it might it might have been too difficult to have two last bosses in one map. Well, the, 
problem is, is or rather the most annoying thing is, is that last Sliver in the Dark map has a lot of those automatons in them as opposed to actually people. So, yeah. you know, if you'd have taken out the automatons and replaced them with the 12 heroes, then sure, it would have made even less sense, but they also could have mm. stretched that, you know, given the explanation. Or, you know, had this happen first, have this be a roadblock before the final fortress that is uh, Talus. Yeah, true. Anyway, yeah, fair uh, fair I think I've just talk, sp- talked for long enough. Rick, what about you? Do you have a weakest link character-wise? Character-wise, I would say... I'd say Rhea is a frustrating big good to have because she's just on the knife edge of becoming your personal big bad. I think it's one of those when... weird ones where I get where you're coming from immediately. However, I, the reason why I struggled to put her in weakest link territory is she is at least consistent. Oh yeah, she's consistent. But like by the same token, you could you, you could avoid almost all of the conflict with her just by having a conversation. I don't think but that's she correct. Also, well, here's the thing. Having the correct conversation. Because if, if you just have a conversation, she's just going to deny, 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 because they want to deny the fact that they are dragons. But if you could show them irrefutable proof and then say, we want to remain on your side, um, we know these other guys are still kicking about, let me help you kill them, then I'm sure she'd be super down for that, because they very definitely are the ones that killed Sothis to begin with. But that won't work, because Edelgard's entire plan relies on getting rid of the crests, which means getting rid of Rhea and co. Yeah, but like by the same token, if those who slither in the dark are gone, and Rhea is completely completely satisfied and avenged, then it is possible that she would step down. No, because her the entire reason the Crest system is uh, given so much importance is because she brought it in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Fair I, enough. I kind of get what you It would be nice if you could have just a conversation and avoid that conflict, but the route in which you're in straight up conflict with her, aka the Black Eagles, you can't... There is no peaceful resolution because Edelgard wants them gone and the, emo- the a moment there is a hint of betrayal, Rhea goes full fucking Nazi. Yeah. Well, okay, and that's a bit of a stretch, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. She goes like she goes full full on heel and the other two dragons are a lot more reasonable obviously uh, seteth and flame they just want to live their lives but they yeah and it's, but, i think it's implied that uh, Rhea found them and wouldn't let them get away this time it's very much implied that um seteth and flame don't actually know what the fuck Dirt Rhea's been doing. Mm. Like, e- even straight up, there's a point where there's a conversation that lasts all of two seconds where Byla fucks off after having a chat with Rhea and Seth just straight up goes, Rhea, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And r- by the fact that they cut away, it's safe to assume that Rhea does not fucking tell him what they're doing. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I guess it's time for an MVP of characters. Who would you say is your MVP? It's a very difficult one because of the main cast, everyone's a winner. Yes. I'm going to give it to Catherine based on the fact that Badass Warrior Women is top tier waifu material to say the least yeah 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 totally 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 so it's not a very meaningful reason it's in fact very shallow however again all of the characters I can see merit for being MVP like with Weakest Link it's like yeah Nemesis is nothing and he's a really big point of one of the plot nines yeah so I guess MVP today is waifu award it doesn't need to be like uh, it was a real toss up because I really like Claude I like the fact that Claude is emphasised as a strategic genius and he shows it time and time again However, there's also moments where he does really stupid decisions. Nobody's perfect, but compared to the other two, he's meant to be the smart one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. What about you, Rick? Who's your MVP as far as characters go? As far as characters go, I think it's Edelgard because she's always important. So, or so it feels. You're not incorrect. Um, she shows up in all three routes, either as uh, the big enemy boss or the boss of your team. Yeah. The You always have to deal with Edelgard some way or the other. And in the best case scenario, it's by wooing her. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not wrong. You are not wrong. And uh, yeah, we've we talked about Edelgard on other retrospectives and uh, reviews in the past as an interesting character and basically the Lex Luthor of fantasy. I don't think that's a true statement. Uh... Well, she wants the, the superpower thing gone because she thinks it's what's holding humanity back. She doesn't want the gods to be there. Yeah, as okay, well. as, but as Lex Luthor as... is also an evil capitalist pig. Oh, yeah, totally, but he's still better than Bezos. Which is really depressing because it's not wrong. <laughs> Uh, Bezos, uh, sorry, Bezos. Uh, Lex Luthor is evil, but as I've t- as pointed out in the podcast before, Lex Luthor does actually um, compensate his workers fairly, which yep. puts him slightly above Bezos. Bezos has had had no sex scandals that I'm aware of. Lex Luthor has has hundreds. I have no doubt that Bezos has a fair few in his closet because they all fucking do. Yeah. Um, Lex Luthor also will defend Earth. I think Bezos Whereas, would push comes to shove. I think Bezos would go in his rocket. <laughs> I don't think he would because if he goes in his rocket, he then has nothing. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I think the motivation's different. I think Lex Luthor will defend Earth because this is humanity. <clears throat> we keep yeah. it together. Bezos would be like, oh no, my slave labour. Yeah, yeah. Go, my slaves. Defend the world in which my slaves exist. <laughs> Pretty much, man. <laughs> Boy, yeah, I don't think Edelgard is Lex Luthor as a fair comparison. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But okay, uh, we've got more to discuss on the next instalment of the Fire Emblem Three Houses Nonsense Retrospective. Stay tuned. If you like what you heard, you've got the comment section down below on YouTube. If you're listening via one of the many audio platforms, you have the email which can be sent to nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com a little bit slower it is nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com and yeah we'll see you next time ta see you guys